0: Hey guys, and welcome back to Tell Me About It, where we take a magnifying glass to all of our failures, insecurities, spirals, anxieties, and rejections. So I feel like everyone that I interact with recently is in a bad mood, and I really, for the first time ever, don't think it's a me problem. I really think that there is just something in the air, and I posted it on Instagram the other day, being like, do you find that everyone is just in a terrible mood recently? And everyone said yes. I mean, obviously shit is bleak out there. Like it is not cute out there. Everyone has Omicron and it's just like, I mean this shit again, like quarantine round two, I get it. But like, whoa, we need some like Palo Santo or like, you know, something because it feels like the energy is just insane. So speaking of everyone being in quarantine, like real question for you guys, are we buying things? And like, do we need to buy jeans? Like I almost bought jeans yesterday and I was like, do I really need these? I feel like we're in this weird limbo where like, you know, I have 17 weddings to go to this year, but like, are they really going to happen? Like, I don't know. So I'm back to buying like household things because that's just what tickles my
1: pickle these days.
0: You know, so <laughs> I'm just going to take you through my like stream of consciousness lately because it's been a wild ride to be me. It started raining in LA. It's, it kind of looks like it's going to rain again today. Like. Do your dogs actually like their raincoats or do you just like their raincoats? Because when I go outside, Taco hates going on walks when it rains, but he needs to like move his body to move his bowels. So like he's really, there's a catch 22 there for him. But like, so I want to get him a raincoat But it's purely for his comfort. If he, like, doesn't mind, like, I need a dog psychic to come on this show and tell me what's going on. Because that's been really torturing me lately. Because I'm like, everyone else's dog that has a raincoat makes my dog look like one of those, like, Sarah McLaughlin commercials. Like, in the arms of the, you know, like those those poor dogs in the shelter. Like, when he's getting rained on. But then I don't know what's more torturous. Is it worse to let my dog get rained on or to put him in a goddamn raincoat? Anyway, these are the things that keep me up at night. Speaking of keeping me up at night, we are starting Yellow Jackets, because everyone says to watch Yellow Jackets and everyone's obsessed with it. When I say that we are starting, I mean that Dylan is extremely frustrated with me, as he always is when we start a new show, because I am admittedly the worst person to start a show with, or to like watch TV with in general. I'm either on my phone, which is like a huge problem, but it's mostly that I fall asleep in every episode. So then Dylan watches extra episodes without me, and then I have to, like, catch up. Like, that's not fun. So, and like, when am I supposed to do that? I mean, I have plenty of time to do that, let's be real. But, like, I don't want to do that. So Dylan has all of these, like, secret shows that he watches. He watches literally every show that's out there. So if you want to talk to someone about a show, ask Dylan. But then I can't enjoy them because I'm sleeping, and I really think it is so rude. So... Wish us luck. We're going to start Yellow Jackets. And do you guys like it? Because a lot of people are obsessed with it. Speaking of TV, today we have a very dynamic duo on the show. One half of that duo is a woman who was a huge part of most of our childhoods we watched her on tv we loved her she was raven on that so raven raven simone and of course she was on the cosby show which I, I did you guys watch nick at night like i was a huge nick at night kid and i loved it and she was i mean she was so fucking cute on that show the other half of this couple is miranda Pierman-Midday, midday who is a doula we love a doula around here and stars alongside her wife in their new youtube show 8 p.m 8 p.m. gives you a sneak peek into their lives, and each episode is different, varying from mental health conversations to just them at home. As we know for Raven, growing up in front of the world is not necessarily the dream that people think it is. Being told what to do constantly, you're told who you're supposed to be, what you're supposed to look like, etc., etc., etc. It takes tremendous strength and courage to break out of the bubble that you're put in and finally put your happiness above all things. And I think they're a great example of how far your willingness to evolve and evaluate will get you. We covered a shit ton in this interview. The two of them are extremely open about the trials and tribulations of their relationship and the work that they do both together and separately to make their relationship and their lives together thrive. We talked about friendship breakups, which has been everyone's favorite topic to DM me about because we all just are... I don't even think there's an age that you start friendship breakups. I think it just happens all the time in It's a hard situation, like some people even say that friendship breakups are worse than romantic relationship breakups. So we talked a lot about that, we talked about why some people choose to ghost and how each of us feel about our own friendship breakups. We talked about trauma, childhoods, mental illness, and much, much more. So without further ado, here is Raven and Miranda. Hey guys! Hey! How
2: you doing, Jade?
0: I'm good, how are you? Thank you so much for doing this. I'm so excited to talk
1: to you guys. We're so happy to be here. Thank you for having us. Of
0: course. Raven, I have, I've, I'm sure you've heard this 27,000 times. I'm a huge fan. I watched every goddamn episode of both The Cosby Show and That's So Raven. So wow. you were
2: a very big part of my childhood. So thank you. Oh, thank you so much for watching and making my childhood oh,
1: watchable. I appreciate
2: that. <laughs> yeah,
0: it was. And Miranda, I didn't know that you're a doula. I am a doula.
1: My- and, I know. I
0: know, Carson. Yeah, that's so
1: crazy. That's so wild. I know, I was
0: texting her before this, and I was like, because I, I, I also know the doula world in Los Angeles is somewhat small, right? It's very small, and Carson's wonderful, and so I just, I think it's such a cool small world,
1: little quinky day. And it's
0: filled with, like, good people. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like you don't go into that line of work unless you're, like, your soul is good.
1: I would agree. I think that most people who end up becoming doulas have been doulas their whole life. In one way or another. Yes. And Holding are very. Space. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly.
0: It's wonderful. So let's get into it. I want to know how you two met.
2: Rock, paper, scissors? <laughs> Here we go. We got to start keeping tabs when Here we, we tell go. the story.
1: Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Uh, she's the, telling it.
0: You want to be the person that's not telling it, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Got it. I, <laughs> no, I
1: would feel the same way. Yes. So I just won rock, paper, scissors, <laughs> did, which fair and means, square. but that
2: means that the next time we have to tell a story, you have to do it. Fair enough. I okay, am your cool. witness. Cool.
1: I am. your Thank witness. you, Perfect. Jade. I'm
2: gonna call you. Make sure that pops up. <laughs> okay. So I was hosting a karaoke night at a gay bar in West Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And which one? Um, it was 11. It was on the corner. But I don't know what it's called now. But then it was 11. Okay, cool. And she was there with a few people, and I was there with a friend of mine, and I saw her sitting at the bar, and I was like, hi, how are you? And she was like, I'm fine. Who are you? Yeah, I was
1: like, who are you? <laughs> I was like, wait, even though it was- I'm creep, telling the story, babe. It's true. You it lost. She, she Even did. though it was pre-pandemic you are right but I'll just say even though it was pre-pandemic I was like six feet six six feet, feet. Oh, I yeah, lived yeah, in that yeah. way My I'm girl, with I'm you I'm feet, with
2: feet. you we exchanged info and we just talked over the next couple of days I invited her to a big party that I was having because I was leaving to go to New York and in true lesbian fashion we did not leave each other's side until we broke up oh, <laughs> and then um after we broke up we both got into some interesting relationships that we don't talk about, mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, good good rule. when good role. And then she broke up with hers. I didn't know, but I broke up with mine. And I called her and I said, you know, you were right. I have a lot of issues. And obviously, I cannot keep a relationship. And you were right. She was like, Abby, do you want me to cook for you? And I was like, yes. Do you want me to cook for you? I was like, let me Please just help heal your broken heart. And Aww. so she sent me a Corona basket. And it was filled with a brownies, cake, barbecue sauce. And I swear to God, she put a spell on me. I, I mean,
0: hello. If anyone showed up at my door with that, I'd be like, game over. Done.
1: Signed, seal, delivered. I put a hex on that stuff, but I also was in Washington State. (laughs) Yeah, I sent it through
2: the mail. I had to mail it,
1: and I did it next day air, which y'all know is not cheap. Right, not at all. The shipping was more expensive than anything within the container, and... The UPS, because of all the COVID stuff, it didn't end up happening. It was the most stressful thing of my entire life because I was like, now Raven is going to get rotten food because it was going to be gone over, like it was in transit over the weekend. So I canceled the package, paid a ton of money to cancel it, remade the whole thing, sent it again in the middle of the week. Oh my god! It was my mom was like, "You better get married. Like marry there this better girl. be a yeah. ring
0: out of this. Like there be- oh because you god. are so stressed out. Are you the most thoughtful person ever? Like is that yes. a personality trait of yours? That's incredible. Yes. Because I have Thanks. like a post office phobia. Like I'll make the ba- gift basket and do all the fun that, but to actually bring it twice is a commitment.
2: Yeah, yeah. she's very committed. She's very um puts others before herself. She's very. um What's our favorite word?
1: Compassionate?
2: No, the other one. Kind. Um, yeah, that empathetic. One. There you go. She's very I think empathetic. you're all those things
1: too. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Me, too, me too. I mean, it, that was, yes, that was also because I was like, I'm a Leo and I get what I want. So yes. I was like, I, this is, if this package doesn't get there, then I'm driving it there myself and I'll take that 19 hour drive. That's but then amazing. she really
2: did take that 19 hour drive and I was like, don't ever leave me again. Oh, and you never did. And you guys got married last year. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Congratulations. First of all, thank you. What did you do for your wedding? What was
1: your wedding like? Our wedding was super lovely. It was intimate. It was kind of right in the heat of COVID. Yeah. So very small. We actually got married at Debbie Allen's house. She hosted us, which was super generous and lovely and kind of like an aunt to Raven. They're really close. And she had us in the front yard of our home, it oh, was beautiful. We had a few amazing. friends. There was oysters. Oh, there were oysters.
0: There was champagne. Yeah. It was. Yeah. It was good. It was great. That's amazing. I need to get into oysters. I. I it's an acquired taste that I can't acquire. Yeah, I don't have. Oh, that you taste. just
2: coat them in coconut flour and fire them oh, in I'm, coconut oil and, and nothing. Oh, see that, okay, yeah, it's that. a fried oyster. Yeah,
0: that I can fuck with. Mm-hmm. So tell me the ways in which the most notable ways in which you are alike, and and then in which you are different.
2: you trying to start stuff Kate? over here listen just stirring the pot you're talking to a newly married couple we're finding (laughs) all of those things we can't say it like indifferent no i'm not saying we can't i'm just saying she to (laughs) start
1: shit. why i don't think you're starting anything i think that we both have childhood shit (laughs) that we like still affects us today we're both we're both we both kind of have like arrested development yes that's how we're the same we both
2: are big food people Um, We both have an awkward sense of humor. Mm -hmm. We think that the dark and a dark—I should say dark dark or like a a fucked
0: up sense of humor. Yeah, we have like that. I like people like that. What are the problematic ways in which you are alike or different?
2: I am not Uh, regimented, and she's very regimented. mm -hmm. So I'm just like, let's go here. Yes, that's not happening. What's your
0: sign, Raven?
2: Me, I'm a Sag. Me too. Okay. When's your birthday? December fourteenth. Oh, hey, girl, hey. coming. Yeah. Mine's, the four, mine's the 10th, <laughs> oh and my, my brother's is the 16th. Oh, wow. My sister's is the 13th.
0: Congra- I'm like, congratulations. Happy birthday, meant. Happy birthday, I met. Happy birthday. Congratulations. Congratulations on being born in December. On being, a Sag, being a, Sag, a Sag. You're pretty awesome. It's off. the best. Sag is, we are great. Leo's a wonderful difference. No offense, Leo. know yeah. I, I, none <laughs> taken. I know that I'm the leader of the pack. It's all good. Ooh.
2: <laughs> there you I'm go. I'm the king of
0: the jungle. Yeah. It's true.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So the problematic ways in which you're different.
2: Yeah. the the
1: routine. I think maybe communication. You know, the the cool thing about us when we just like toot our own horn, too too. is that despite having issues, which we most definitely do, we are both committed to
2: going to learning.
1: (laughs) But we're both committed to learning and we both really respect each other. Yes. So... Although we have like different communication styles and different love languages and different, you know, things that we need when we're in funks, we have been able to identify that. We both have self-awareness and we both have been able to get to a space where we're like, hey, when I'm pissed off, this works for me. When I'm feeling really sad and emotional, I really like this. Um, If I want a hug, but you're like you feel unapproachable, this is how I can navigate that. So it's literally yesterday. So it's it's cool. I think that's
0: so important. Like, I, that's something that I have with my fiance is like, we have a ton of shit. Of course, everyone does. But yeah. it's like, we're both in therapy, which is like wonderful. But we're both super committed to evolving and like being self aware and learning from our mistakes. And when you are in a relationship, when one person is doing that and the other person isn't, it's so lonely. Yeah,
1: it is so lonely. It's and it's, yeah. yeah. I think the biggest struggle that we have though, that has been problematic is the lighting because I am like ghostly white and Raven <laughs> is a beautiful caramel. So I think that's been the biggest problematic <laughs>
2: oh my God. difference between and us. And you here. have a YouTube
1: exactly. show. And we have a YouTube channel. Yes. So it's just like one of us is going to suffer. And it's like this video, you're going to look real pasty. And this video, you're going to look real, real red. Hilarious. So that there is you go. amazing. <laughs> Who usually wins the lighting challenge? Raven, yes. Raven looks good. I, she, this girl was literally made for the camera. Yes, it's disgustingly It's true. Annoying. It's true. And I'm over here like, really? I just spent forty five minutes trying to do my makeup, and you rolled out of bed, and you're just like, "Hi!" And everyone's like, raven's so gorgeous." Oh my god! I Fuck all of you. But I
2: think you're gorgeous. Thanks. Things. That's I all
1: that matters. You're yes,
0: you're both gorgeous. So, as are you. Thank you. Okay, so let's get right into it. Let's talk about our childhoods. We'll start there. Let's dive in. Let's dive right in. Raven, you started—I mean—acting at such an intensely young age. What? Sixteen months old. That's—that's oh, that's even earlier than I thought. Wow. So feel free to be super real with me. Do you talk about your childhood? I don't
2: really talk about my childhood, other than when it comes to the business. Yeah, you know, that's great went on a lot of auditions and, you know, we worked very hard and I, you know, understood at a very young age what my job entailed and what it meant. Uh, Very disciplined. So. Yes. Yeah. I go through, I go through the history of it and I'm like, wow, that's a, let me call my therapist Yes, and then that's all that I really do. You know, it's, it's interesting because there's so many different kinds of childhood stardom stories in the industry. And sadly, a lot of the bad ones get highlighted more than the good ones. And I really like where mine sits where it's kind of just, I've been here forever, you guys, and we're still going strong. And that's all that needs to be known. Yeah.
0: (laughs) I love that. What were you like though, as a person, as a kid, and are you the same
2: now? What was I like as a kid? Um, I was So cute. Yeah. I was definitely, I think I was similar to what I am now, kind of, uh, What did my, what did my therapist call me? Like logical thinking. I was always the one that made sure that the whole entire story was told. Mm. Even if someone didn't believe it, I'm like, I told both sides of it, yes. A lot of people tell their side to make them look good and omit things so that their story works. I've, I was always um, disciplined to make sure that I told the whole story so that I can see. Um, I was also a free thinker. Mm. I, I was told at a young age that you're young, just listen in meetings, don't really talk. So I was in my head a lot. And I have, um, I have superpowers because of that. (laughs) Yes, I bet. I have superpowers because I was quiet a lot of the time. And then when I was with people my own age, I really didn't connect well because they were acting like children in my eyes. And I was always around adults. And I just didn't understand why, like, the teacher told you to sit down and you didn't. No wonder you went to detention. Like, stop crying about it. You should have listened. I'm the rule follower. Are you still
0: that way? Yeah, Miranda. What was your childhood like? Because I imagine your childhoods were probably, like you said, there were similar traumas or things. How were they different? How was your? What was your childhood like?
1: Well, I mean, my childhood is obviously different because I did not grow up with the world's eyes on me. Um, I was just a normal child, yeah. and I grew up in Los Angeles. I grew up in Hancock Park, and. I mean, honestly, I had a really lovely childhood experience. Um, Hancock Park was a beautiful place. I went to Campbell Hall for high school. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. So, I mean, like, I'm an L.A. kid. Yeah. I obviously had my struggles. I, I grew up very sensitive. And I think where we are similar is that despite, you know, Raven being thrown into an adult world, I gravitated towards adults and I never really felt connected to my peers. And even today, I'm like, what is that? I'm like, we're both like, are we kind of on a spectrum? Do we have ADHD? Hey, like it's what a spectrum is the for deal? A yes, <laughs> exactly. We're all on there somewhere. Because I never was able, I didn't feel safe with my peers. So I spent a lot of time with my mom yeah. and her group of friends. And, you know, there's, positives and negatives to that dynamic like a child in an adult's world isn't ideal right but can also help you mature more quickly and I think it helped my conversation my understanding of the world but ultimately you know it was I'm very blessed and I feel very fortunate for my my young self and um the hard stuff like you know I struggled with food and have had anxiety and my parents got divorced. I mean, like the there right. is that list, but it's 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 it is it is what it is. It's the fabric of of course you know, a life. the
0: fabric of our lives. <laughs> yeah, it exactly. Is. It is. So, what are some of the things that you both adopted to be adaptive that maybe don't
1: serve you in adulthood? Ooh, good question. So many things. I think the biggest one for me was. I believe that I was a very anxious child at a very young age. And because of that, we look for self-soothing and coping mechanisms. And for me, it became food. And that became a very unhealthy coping mechanism. And I think that was my biggest one and most destructive because that, that followed me throughout my life, managing food, overeating food, and not really ever understanding the true source. Of the issue, but I think that would probably be the biggest one for me. What
2: about you? Manipulating my personality so that people around me feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. That is That's such a, big a huge
0: one. one. That is such a huge one.
2: I still do it, and I am sub—I'm c- unconscious of it sometimes, yeah. and then I find myself. And as soon as the camera comes off and we shut the door, I am who I am with my wife, and I know she sees the on button slash that change. And she'll be like, where the, Where are you? Come back. And I'll be like, oh my God, I'm sorry, I forgot. And that Honestly, I'm sure a lot of people go through that, but I know that mine was that way because of the different roles and having to be in auditions and having to schmooze with people because I need them to give me a job and right. reading the room in a way to where like, okay, that person only likes to talk to adults mm. and doesn't really want to be around a kid. Mm-hmm. So let me not be around. You know, it's just like a totally
0: whole journey. Is that a sense of perfectionism? Both the things that you guys are talking about maybe are rooted in perfectionism also, like not people-pleasing but contorting yourself to get people to like you and totally. things like that. Do you
2: feel that way, Raven? I'm not a perfectionist, actually. I'm actually really messy. I think mine comes from the understanding that I'm a job. Right. right. I'm a brand, and I have to sell the brand. Otherwise, there won't be any money, and I'll be on this like, – this ingrainedness of yes I have to make money, I have to get my stuff done. I have to make sure my brand is working. I have to do this. And to do that, you know, in any boardroom or any room or any place, you have to be the person that everybody likes because that'll make sure and ensure your next job. But am I a perfectionist? Yeah. I don't think I'm a perfectionist, especially compared to babes. Babes is a perfectionist.
1: And it's funny because I never in a million years would have called myself that, but I was in a therapy session and, and my therapist said to me, you know, you're, you have such an intense perfectionist yeah. complex. And I was like, what are you talking about? She's like, your, your need for, for perfection is so strong. And I started, you know, looking through a different lens. And the only way I could really relate to it was like, I mean, it sounds so lame, but it was like through social media. Yeah. And that's because for me, it's like anything I put out there, I want it to be good and I'll redo something and redo something and and then I saw it with my writing because I yes. write but I have such a hard time completing because it's like I'll write two lines delete write and it's like yeah and raven's like just get it out then go back and edit right. just get it out or just like do it once and post and you know, and then I started seeing it in all of these other places in my life,
2: whether it's how I appear to somebody. It's how, how you have, bake. She made this amazing sweet potato
1: pecan pie.
2: She's like, okay, but I have to perfect it. I'm like, what are you talking about?
1: Perfect <laughs> it. But I take pleasure in that. I'm like, okay, we try a recipe and then we do it again and we get it better and better. That doesn't feel stressful. The other things feel
2: stressful. It feels stressful for me when I can't get the same yeah. flavor I had the first time. <laughs> okay, calm down. No, <laughs> I,
0: totally, I totally understand. It's like you don't fit the stereotypical perfectionist, right. you know, like I'm not that way either. I'm not necessarily type A, but when it comes to myself and how self-critical yes. I am and yes. all that's where my perfectionism comes in too. Me too.
1: A hundred percent. that self-judgment, mm-hmm. you know, like the inability to just like let myself kind of be. Yes. All funnels through that, which is really interesting to also be like learning at the age of 34, where I felt like, you know, so self-aware and And I mean But better than the age of sixty four. Amen. Yeah. There you go. But yeah, super interesting.
0: So kind of relating to perfectionism or maybe a symptom of perfectionism, have you guys both struggled with food in your adult life or in your childhoods? And Raven, I would imagine being in the spotlight during the time that we were all growing up in like the two thousands must have been really difficult from a weight perspective because at that time it was super in to be like waif thin and everyone had an anorexia tabloid written about them and it was super in to be like extremely thin. So, and especially on Disney Channel, I would imagine there were some toxic moments. What are each of your experiences and relationships like with food?
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean, my the better part of my career has been overshadowed by the fact that I was the thick girl, mm. that I was on the plus side and just standing up for those girls at a time when body positivity was only for skinny people and just kind of feeling alone slash i missed a lot of jobs in my opinion because of my size and a little bit with a chip on my shoulder now that it's like super embraced and everybody loves it totally. and. I see all these commercials and I'm like, oh my God, this is beautiful. I remember auditioning for that and didn't get it. And instead I see the girl they pick look just like me, but 80 pounds smaller. So I'm really happy that the culture has changed, but at the same time, I kind of got a chip on my shoulder. Understandably. Um, I have lots of different food situations that I've actually gotten under control a lot more now that I have found reason and science in a way that has uh, made sense to me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, dealing with PTSD and disassociation and all of my mental diagnoses is um, realizing that food is the culprit slash sidekick to that pain. It's not the healer that I thought it was. It wasn't the guru, and so moving that away, you know. I remember on my pounds down journey, I'm like, wait, I'm sad, and I was waiting and waiting and waiting for the thought of, f this, I'm gonna go get a McDonald's, and it never came. And I went to bed and I was like, I'm sad, and I don't want to cover it with food. Yes, nailed it. And so it is this thing that I'm really happy that I've gotten my leptin under control and I've gotten my mental ideas about it. Now, mind you, I'm in a very controlled environment. I have a, an amazingly regimented wife who I don't want to look like a crazy person going off of track for, which keeps me in check in a positive right. way. You know what I mean? It's like I want to do good for myself, but it also helps that I have eyes on me. And she's never the one to say, don't eat that. I'll be like, babes, I want this. She goes, well, is it a good choice? And I'll be like, oh, you're so smart. Good way of saying no without saying yes. Yes. (laughs) But yeah, I was addicted to food. I was addicted to the feeling that it gave me. It was a wonderful pacifier, friend, lover. The only thing that I had control of when I was growing up. And um, I'm getting a hold of it. Way to go! Thanks, babe. Proud of you,
1: Miranda. What's your experience? Well, as I kind of mentioned earlier, food for me at a very young age, similar to Raven, became my comfort and my friend. And it was, you know, it's funny because I think for people like me who have a lot of anxiety and fear, wanting to control your environment is just a subconscious kind of response, mm-hmm. and you can't. We're completely out of control. Right. So. You know, people say the only thing you can control is yourself and your reactions and responses. But when you're that little, you don't really have the awareness mm-hmm. of that. So f- food is very simple because mm-hmm. you can't control other people, et cetera. So but you can control the amount on how much you heat
2: up that food. Right. <laughs> yes, you can. Right. And
1: so it's real. I, it's so real. I turned to food for a lot of stuff, and it was a love hate relationship because. When I would binge, I would really binge and I never purged. So I'd put weight on very quickly um, and I'd feel just like an alien in my body, like just what's happening, that bloat and whatever. And that also, I had a lot of body dysmorphia within that. So for me, it was not so much about my physical body that I was judging, but my face. And I felt I've always had this like facial distortion where I feel like I appear different than I maybe do to others. Totally. I understand that. Yeah. And it's driven me into dark holes. And I think as I've gotten older, what started to happen is I realized I had to stop comparing myself to other people because I got very stuck in that growing up in LA and, you know, like pub, I mean, rich private school environments and trust me, you're preaching to the choir. Yeah, no, I know. I, I, can ima- I can only imagine. And just like, you know, a father in the entertainment industry and and lots of trickling down of messaging of what one should look like just wasn't healthy. And ultimately, I had to learn that if I wanted to live a life, I was going to have to get over this stuff because what would happen to me is I'd keep myself inside. I would isolate myself, eat food, and then I wasn't living a life, but then I'm like watching hours of sex in the city, envying these fictional characters and their friendships and relationships and, and wishing I had it. And it's like, well, you're not doing any work to actually make that happen for yourself. And, and life takes a Work and takes you know active Action. participation. So it, it's been an interesting journey with food. And today I am in a place where I feel so much better. I don't feel as though it like completely dictates my life. I am I am quite regimented, but I'm also healthy. So
0: that's so incredible that you guys have each other to understand like what that experience is like and what it feels like. And like it sounds like you guys have a really healthy boundary system or just like you guys know where not to push and let the other person decide what they want to do and that's that's a really lucky thing that you guys have when raven i'll ask you first when was the first time that you remember feeling cognizant of like your body and self-conscious
2: i think i started to feel that way around the age of seven Mm. during uh, hanging with mr cooper Mm -hmm. on tour and can't wear that because your belly's poking out or oh my your belly God. doesn't fit in it so you know you whatever and watching the females around me wearing different things and wishing i could mm-hmm. and not really fitting those outfits very well yeah
0: so or as early as seven before social media or any of that kind of stuff yeah wow so what about
1: you miranda it was the first day that i started seventh grade at campbell hall i remember <laughs> i was about 12 years old And I remember being at my locker and seeing a group of girls come up and start opening lockers next to me. And they all knew each other. Mm. And I looked at them and I remember this so clearly. And I was like, what are the big kids doing like in my, in our area, the junior high area? Well, then I went to my first class, they were all in my class and I could not believe that these were my peers because I was, like, a frizzy-haired, braces-wearing, you know, definitely had that pudgy layer of... She was so cute. Yeah, it was, like, a pudgy... A normal-looking 13-year-old. Exactly. Like, I had the pre... Period weight that you can gain at twelve. I don't know what kind of these thirteen-year-olds are eating today, but it's different than what it's we were fed. Ri- yeah. Ridiculous! It's ridiculous. But I—that was really when it sunk in because I remember just looking at other twelve-year-olds in my grade and thinking, "How do they look like this? Mm-hmm. Like this is crazy." And the elementary school I'd come out of was like twenty kids in a class. Everybody knew everything. Everyone knew if you had an allergy. And now I was like thrown right. into this like world of adults it felt. And the girls were probably not that nice.
0: I would imagine. No. Yes. Not,
1: not the warmest souls no, in the world. No. They never are,
0: are they? I know. <laughs> no, they aren't. Okay, let's take a quick break and we'll be back in a minute. So when did you first notice your sexuality?
2: You guys can Miranda's- rock paper scissors. Whoever gets that one first, Miranda's first, because I'm I'm envious of her story. Okay. So let's let's live in good world first. Yeah. Oh, I think it's a kind of I think it's a story
1: you hear a lot with people, gay people, lesbians. So essentially, when I was younger, I had infatuations that were not based in sexuality with women. And I was just like, I thought this woman was so beautiful mm-hmm. and I wanted to look like her. And that was all it really was. I just, it could it be like my mom's friend or, I mean, you know, I thought Jennifer Lopez was like so beautiful. Don't, and that's not a, that's not a, it's not stance. sexual. <laughs> no, that's not oh, a I st- oh, I still think yes. she's completely oh gorgeous. God, like she's amazing. Yes. <laughs> but you know, I had, I think like a little bit of an overly an over fixation maybe. Mm. Um, but really, again, I think that also filtered into my eating and body dysmorphia stuff Mm -hmm. because I was so wanted to look like these people and it was not possible. Totally. But I went through high school, not like only had boyfriends, never really thought about girls like that. Had a few, I mean, I guess like maybe at camp I had, but again, it felt like just an infatuation. Like I had, there was a camp counselor that I was like, she's so cool and so pretty, but it never went to a sexual space in my head. But at the age of 19, I was working at a salon and that's when it all changed. And there were two lesbians who were working there and they had me start watching the L word. And then I, it like all kind of just happened. And then I had this crazy crush on a girl that was working there, I should say woman because she was, and I was 19 and she was like 32 or something. Neither of us had been with a girl before and it just happened. And I, amazing, you know, yeah, for all of like the self-judgment and hypercriticalness of my brain, that has been the one area, meaning like my sexuality, my romance world, my partnership that I have not overthought. And I just was like, this is somebody I feel something for. I'm going to go for it. Yes. And that's kind of how things continued. So I ended up dating this girl for a while and then I dated a few guys after that. And then I think Raven and I met and it's just kind of been. Yeah. Just that. Is it, is it more fluid? Like,
0: do you not like to label yourself as one or the other one way or the other?
1: Yeah. I never have really felt the need to yeah. honestly. It just, it's, it's, it, it hasn't sat in my body that way. I think actually dating Raven and we were living in New York together back in 2016, that was the first time I really remember having this like moment in my head where I was like, I feel so serious about this person. Like I, I might really be in like a lesbian relationship for the rest of my right. life. Like I didn't think about that in that way before then. But it didn't scare me or turn me off or. Right, you were just like stoked to be with Raven forever.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. That's
0: so sweet. So I've heard you say that you never like actually
1: had to come out really, right? Not really. My mom actually like came out to me for me. She Because I had never said anything about like, I started dating this person and she made a reference to a friend of hers who was gay and talking to that person about me. And she's like, well, that's the only person I have to talk about you and, you know, insert my ex's name. And I was like, what? And she's like, Miranda, she's like, you're too old to be having sleepovers all the time with someone like that. I was like, oh, okay, cool. She's great. She's totally great. Every mom is great. Every mom is great. Yeah, exactly. She's great.
0: So I know, Raven, you kind of thought you would have to not come out until you were 39, right? Or something like that. 39?
2: Yeah, I really didn't think I was ever going to come out at a younger age. I thought I would have to, like, be a, a full-fledged adult totally. before I came out. And, yeah, you know.
1: 39 is that number. Yeah,
2: it is. It's like, right? <laughs> like, childhood is 38. you're absolutely right. And that's adult what, is 40. It's so true. Copy that. Uh, no, I don't know. You know, you got to pick a number for me. Um, you know, it's funny. I was, while I was listening to babes, I was thinking about the things that I've said in other interviews and really, really kind of thinking about when was the first time I had a feeling about a girl that was more than just, you know, my friend. And I have to say it was at the end of fifth grade, Mm -hmm. maybe a little bit at the beginning of fifth grade. I had a friend. I thought her boobs were great. I just always wanted to touch them. Anyone who has boobs in fifth grade is wins at life. Yeah, wow. She had great boobs. <laughs> and I just remember the that we you know whatever we spent some time together as friends and the thoughts that kept coming through my head. I knew I couldn't act on because that's not what girls do. But you know I had them. Yeah. I recognized it. Um, kept it inside. Didn't ever label myself that. Had a relationship with men. Had lots of relationships with men. But I remember I was in this one long relationship with a guy, and I said, "Listen, if you marry me, just know I want a girlfriend while we're married." <laughs> I and He goes, "What?" It's like I'm gonna need a girlfriend. I love you for even men.
0: just saying that. I
2: think that's oh, I just was incredible. So rude to my guys. <laughs> I love
0: it.
2: <laughs> I was such a dude with all my guys that I dated. Like you can, <laughs> I was really bad. I'm very honest. And so what happened was. I was in a relationship with a female that I knew I didn't want to hide anymore. I had been in relationships prior to, and I was like, this one, blah, blah, blah. But this one, I didn't want to hide because of my emotions. And I was in love, and this was really important to me. Uh, So I bit the bullet at an early age to not hide myself anymore. And... I I believe now that hiding my sexuality really did contribute to a lot of the depression that I was going through, a lot of the anger that people in the industry witnessed from me because I wasn't allowed to be my true self. Yes. I was I restarted a relationship with someone that was in my team when I was younger. And she was like, you were so mean that day you were in this dress. And I said, well, that was the first problem right there. You put me in something I didn't want to be put in. You probably told me what I needed to say. And I was not allowed to do it. And I was probably looking at the interviewer like, you pretty girl. What's up? But I couldn't say it. So it's like I had to overcome that. That would make anyone angry. I was very, very angry when I was younger. I was very angry, very short, and um I can't apologize literally. for that. What she said in here. We don't have to. She said that. literally. She's on the short one. She was I was
1: very short. I said literally. <laughs> sorry, babe.
2: Sorry, sorry. sorry no, it's okay. You know I got feelings around it. Anyway. Napoleon complex. Yeah, I got a Napoleon complex. Um I have like dry skin over there. Okay, so anyway. Um It really did. And it's funny because, like you said, I didn't want to come out until later. Hearing all the stories of women in the industry that lost a career, that has been hided, that still hasn't come out, but says it, but doesn't say it. It's like there were no true role models other than Chaz Bono at the time. That really made me feel that way. And I do remember being like, okay, Chaz. Okay, okay, Chaz. I mean, I don't know if I'm going to be... You know in that world yet i don't know where i stand on the spectrum of um my community but i'm not going to hide for the rest of my life and coming out i'm constantly morphing i think who i am is a constant flow of energy that has been hidden for a while yeah even to myself mm. and Once I got married, a lot of stuff came out that my wife knows that it's like, this is, this is out now and I feel better. People are seeing the changes in my face. They're seeing my attitude changes and I needed a, oh my God, babes, I'm about to say it. Okay. I needed a safe space to go. (laughs)
1: Raven hates the term safe space. I hate that term. I'm like, babe, I'm your safe space. You can tell me. And she's like, what?
0: Does it like, like make you cringe? Is that the problem? Yeah,
2: it Because may- everyone's like, don't worry, this is a safe space. I'm like, we're literally in Costco. This is you're not like, a this safe is the space. It's like the opposite of a safe space. It's like the exact opposite. And then she's like, we're on YouTube. It's a safe space. I'm like, literally, millions of people are watching. This i is not a safe space. You never say YouTube is a safe space. No, no, no. Space. You just did on a video. You were like, don't worry, buddy. This is a safe space. I was probably being sarcastic. You were, but sometimes I think you're sarcastic. Is real because I'm psychotic whatever I also think I love family. that <laughs> anyway yeah but you created a safe space for me to grow your yeah was there a
0: big time period between when you came out to family and friends versus when you came out
2: publicly are you laughing <laughs> <laughs> I don't know because wasn't it all to one time oh no 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 all my all my guys anyone that I dated knew okay Cause I was like, that's not cheating. So don't get mad at me. Right, <laughs> I, had to my <laughs> I had uh, to put all my stuff up. All my friends knew because when I would go out to a club back in the day, um, I, I, it's funny. My, uh, what do they? Let me, let me find the right words. Cause there's a politically correct word. My outward appearance dress, my, my, my visual, exterior? Identity, my exterior identity was different. Mm. With my friends than it was to the public. So my exterior identity to the public was cute girl tight jeans, mm-hmm. hair done weave, lip gloss. Hey, girl, Raven Baxter. Yeah, Raven Baxter. Baxter, on Baxter. Mm-hmm. But my um, outward there's a there's a real name for that in the in the LGBT community. Anyway, but when I was with friends and out in public, I was definitely more masculine. Is it presenting? Um, There you go. Thank you. That was my producer. I can't take credit. It was my producer. I was presenting masculine out Mm -hmm. in public. So So just your friends. To to my friends and out. So it's funny because people are like, we never catch you in clubs. I'm like, I'd be right there. You just don't know it's me. You just never saw me. I wasn't so – I literally – Lindsay would go out that side, and I go out the back, <laughs> and nobody would know because I'm presenting masculine. Um, so all my friends knew, mm-hmm. family, my brother knew. Moms are great. Um, moms are great. Really... That's, what,
0: that's what. That's the title of this episode, by the way. Moms are great.
2: True, moms are great. <laughs> but you know that that world was a little touchy. Yeah, um, we're from the south, so right. there's some things there. Yes. Uh, yeah, so, you know, but business people, people in business meetings, they didn't know because I was under the impression that if they knew, they wouldn't hire me because of Ellen, because of all right. these people, you know? Right. But, um, yeah, I always presented masculine out in public and all my friends knew.
0: Was it hard for you to connect with the other Disney Channel, other teen stars at that time?
2: Yeah, I wasn't friends with anybody. All the people that I was chilling with were in the music industry, to be honest with you. I didn't have a lot of actor friends. I was in the music industry. It sounds like it was
0: a toxic kind of environment. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. I, you know, I was friends with the people on my show, obviously, but, and I had some, like, I, when I was younger, I rolled with a crew like Ty Hodges and Megan Good Mm -hmm. and people like that, Mm -hmm. but I was, that was before I could drive. Then (laughs) as soon as I could drive, um, my, my friend group changed a little bit and I was not. It was funny because people would always ask, "Who are your friends with?" And I'm of like, course. "You wouldn't know these yeah. people." Like, I'm. <laughs> they want to hear it I'm another
0: actually, Disney Channel straight.
2: They do, and I'm like, "You'd be, you'd be surprised that my friend group is like really down to earth. Yes. I don't roll with." I don't roll with Hollywood. Right. And, you know, now I have some friends who, of course, they're in the industry because that's why I find, but they're the children of the famous person or they're this or that. So I, she had, you were the same way, actually. You didn't really have people in the industry, even though you were in, your, your friend group was.
1: I mean, kids, Yeah, you know, kids with, Yeah, yeah, exactly. Kids of and. I
0: mean, growing up in L.A. in the private school system is I, t- I totally understand your experience. Is all I have to say.
1: Where did you go? I went to- oh, you totally get uh, it. I, I, yeah. No, I
0: totally get it. Yeah, <laughs> Trust and believe. I totally get it.
1: So is there
0: anything in recent years that you can think of that really just brought you to your knees as far as your confidence that really knocked your confidence?
2: So what knocked my confidence back? is my ego Mm. i know what i do i know i'm good at what i do and i know that um my history is squeaky clean Mm -hmm. i have been a good girl right Mm -hmm. i've been a good girl you know what i mean yes Uh, google me yeah and when i see others succeed in a way based on certain things that you don't always want your child to act like. Mm. And then those people succeed and they get things and are better at things. But then you look and you're like, but egotistically, I could kill you under the water right now. Like I got this unlocked, yeah. but you succeeded on something that one, my morals would never allow me to do. And I just see this these success stories. So I get – my confidence gets knocked down because I'm just like – I just obviously don't have it the way that I thought I did because I refuse to do these particular things. And so that's knocked my confidence back. But that's pretty much been longer than five years. That's pretty much been about 30.
0: No. I mean <laughs> do, are, when you look online, are you most inclined to compare yourself professionally, personally, or physically?
2: Physically, professionally. Yeah.
0: Physically and professionally.
1: What about you, Miranda? It's so interesting for me to think about that question because I've struggled with self-esteem, self-worth, and confidence my whole life. So I'm sure there are like over the last five years, ten thousand different examples of moments that I was like, "Oh, this doesn't feel good," or I feel insecure or embarrassed. I have a lot of embarrassment stuff. You know, I'll feel like just I'll say something and I'll feel like I said the wrong thing. And then I'll feel this. And then you remember it nine years later. Yes, (laughs) exactly. And then I feel this like shame, humiliation for it. But I, I mean, I don't really have like a specific moment. I think it's always kind of been there. And my mission has been to live with more of more confidence. So the things that do trip me up, whether it's, you know feeling bad in a relationship, I mean my last relationship was really, really toxic, and there was a lot of struggle and that made me feel insecure in moments and I think you know now hindsight is thirty pre- seventy
2: five yeah thirty seventy
1: five How do you manage your
0: mental health issues? What are the things that you need in your toolbox, whether it be therapy or whatever, what do you find helpful to heal?
1: I think Therapy is really important. Communication. Being able to talk to somebody really is helpful. You know, and getting like, let's say if I'm having an issue and being able to come to Raven and be, here's her other favorite word, vulnerable and (laughs) not be
2: rejected or. That's my other favorite word too. Rejected? Yeah. Your therapist
0: must have a tough time with those words She must say them all the time. (laughs) But to not
1: feel rejected after has been really healing. And then, you know, for me, it's like. I know that movement is really important for my mental health and eating foods that make me feel good and don't drive my brain crazy is really important. And finding joy, Mm -hmm. like having things to look forward to is really, really big for me. So that's, that's kind of, I'm always looking for um, more More tools though. Yeah. As a doula.
0: Yeah. You got to have a, I bet you have a bunch that yeah. In your toolbox. What about you, Raven?
2: Taking the right vitamins, changing my diet from the standard American diet into the, what's our, what's a, uh, what's Dr. Kinney call it? A human, the proper human the diet. The proper human diet. Mm-hmm. Turning into the proper human diet. I need to move my body more. I haven't, you know, fixed that part of my brain. It's a hard one. But it's, that's a hard yeah. one to do. But um, I'm all about the fats. I'm all about my brain getting the mm-hmm. correct food because. Let me go off on a little tangent right quick. Right now, we all think that our brain feeds on glucose, which it does, but it also feeds on ketones. And ketones are fat burning. And it actually works better when you feed it that. Because when you feed it sugar, you're actually deteriorating it. Wow. Coca-Cola can right. clean up, Rusty Penny. So when I changed that, I go to work. I'm not as irritated anymore. I have conversations when I want to. And things are better. So.
0: Are you the kind of person that likes diagnoses? Like sometimes I go back and forth when I have anxiety and depression. And sometimes I'm like, I wonder if because I'm such a control freak and like on one hand, I love having those as like diagnoses because otherwise I would think I was just losing my mind. I like that I can be like, okay, maybe I'm just being anxious or I have depression and whatever. Maybe that's being triggered. Do you guys like labels? But Because on the other hand, it's like, then I might excuse myself from things because I have – like I can use it as an excuse or or as a crutch sometimes. What do you guys feel like about that?
2: I wasn't big on finding what was wrong with me. Mm -hmm. I just chalked it off to I'm an emotional person. Like leave me be. Yeah um except for my disassociation because I have a hard time remembering things and I didn't like the fact that I literally to this day babe's like remember I told you and I'm like when did you tell me four minutes ago don't remember I I have some missing look at her eyes that means yes that's true it's just because she doesn't listen (laughs) no I do listen I just can't remember okay
1: That's an excuse, Jane. (laughs) See, that's exactly what you're you're talking about. That's a
2: reason. (laughs) This is why this Um, is so
1: fun to do this with a couple. I love it.
2: That's a reason. Um, But being married to her, and I'm going to speak for her for two seconds, she loves a doctor, honey. She loves a doctor. Mm -hmm. And I have in it.
0: Unfortunately, I have the same problem. I think it's just the way we grew up. I don't know. (laughs) Totally. totally. It is. It is.
2: Over-doctored. yeah, very, very. And I'm like, she's like, I have a pimple. I'm going to the doctor. What? Put some toothpaste <laughs> on it. Let's go. Lie. I don't go
1: to the doctor for pimples, but I'm like, I have a cough. I'm going to the doctor. Totally. Okay, there you yes. go. And my
2: family's like, go upstairs. Totally. Don't die. Good luck. <laughs> yeah. So who
0: is better at forgiving other people?
2: Now, when you hmm. mean forgive, mm-hmm. do you mean I have to talk to no, them after they've do up? Nope. Okay. You just
1: like,
0: yeah,
2: you did it.
1: You're yeah,
0: okay. like I don't need to talk shit about you anymore. It's it's like, I don't want your energy. It's
1: over. I think that that's a hard one. I think Raven is less bothered by people. And she's much more able to be like, they could be having a bad day or it's not that big of a deal. And I'll get more initially worked up. But I... Feel like if someone crosses you, it's over. You're like, she has no issue being like, goodbye. And I'm like, let's talk about it. And. And then I'll make ex- not make excuses, about, but I'll be like, I can see how you'd feel that way. Yes. And I understand you didn't mean to hurt me and moving see, on. Yeah. I'm
0: like you Raven, but I am in therapy to become like you, Miranda. Like I need to, oh. I need to get to, I, I'm the person that like, if someone crosses me, like you will never hear from me again. I will go so hard. We'll see each other at Starbucks. And I'm like, no, I, I don't know who you are. Like, wow. and it's over. And it's a really big problem because it's like, people don't respond that kindly to when you just leave their up and leave their
1: lives. Well, they should have thought about exactly. that before they disrespect. <laughs> <Exactly. you. laughs> but uh, do people, Jade? Do you find that those people that you ghost continue to come after you, come after you for come a after little you? while? And that, like, uh, in my early twenties, I ended friendships a lot
0: that way. Like, I was just kind of like, like we've had just like a toxic dynamic, and I don't know how to leave. I don't have I don't have the emotional maturity to have the conversation with you mm. because, like, how do you have the conversation with your friend where where there's no resolution? Usually, when you have conversations yeah. with your friends, it's like so you can become friends again so you can make up yeah so like i never knew how to just sit there and be like no everything's fine but like i don't want the relationship anymore mm-hmm. so well that's because you see them for who they right. are because if they do it once they'll do it again right And i'm like i don't if i don't really want the friendship in my life and like you definitely don't want to hear that i don't want your friend you know so it, i'm always like i don't know but i it, it's smart to end it because then you can at least end it like in a way that you don't
1: mind seeing them you know what i mean yeah yeah it's interesting because I feel like I've always been on the receiving end of that. And I have been the person who's like going after the, and like, what did I do wrong? What did I do wrong? And not many people are like me in the sense that I am able to respect. Like if a person doesn't want to be my friend, I don't want to be your friend either. Cause that doesn't feel good for me. But what I've always asked is to at least explain why so I can grow from it.
0: Exactly. That's what I think I don't give what I owe people in that way. Like, I think there is something. But I was always like, you don't need to
1: change. You can continue doing you. I'm just going to slide out the other door, you know? And that, again, is super situational, right? Because it depends on the person and it depends on if that person's going to receive it. And for me, even if – see, even if I don't agree with what that person is saying about me – what I will validate is that is their experience of me with and I have the understanding that their lens that they're seeing me through is their perceived individual lens. Just like I can think this painting is beautiful and this person looks at the same painting, and thinks it's disgusting. You know, it's like you cannot like me and that's OK. But I think it's interesting for all of us as individuals to gain more and more understanding of how of yes. how we present to the world yes. and how people receive us because that can only make me a better human totally. and that can only make me work better in the world because people are so different
0: totally so no I'm like you I'm hungry for that too like to know what I'm becoming yeah. the most self-aware possible but I agree exactly. it's when like when you know the other person isn't doesn't have the emotional capacity to hear that or digest that then it's kind of like what do you do but I, I exactly I'm with you who forgives themselves quicker or more easily?
1: Raven, I I'm the per- I'm the one over here. Raven, Raven doesn't even I don't I'm gonna just say it. Raven doesn't even go through it. Raven's like I'm bomb. God
2: bless I'm, you. And I'm
1: bomb all the time. God bless and you. there you go. I mean, I have my moments.
2: I just don't share them. Yeah. No, or
1: it'll just be like, yeah, I said something shitty because I'm human. Oh my god, I'm still bummed. I need that in my (laughs) life. I
0: am
2: like holding on to grudges for myself from like when I was nine years old. Oh my god, I have moments in my life where I'm like, I could have handled that better, but they'll come in, but I don't beat myself up at all because I got shit to do. Why just no, tell me how you do
0: that. I just need to know because that's amazing
2: because my track record, I'm mostly very, very, very respectful and kind. I do that in the same sense of work. Like if I have a, if I have a job that lasts six months, I will be early for that job. Six, five out of, I'm sorry, five months and 28 days. So that one day that I'm bad, I can be like, listen, Come on now. I'm a human. I got a day. Just one day. And I feel like if I say something shitty, I just have to make sure that every other time I'm very conscious. But that is like it's
0: it's revolutionary really. It sounds so simple, but it's like it's that's really how hard. we should think about it. Cause like if you know in your soul that like you don't come from a bad place or that like we should have more compassion for ourselves, or even if we show up nine times out of ten. Miranda, I'm sure you feel the same way. It's like that tenth time that we don't show up or we fall short or we fuck up we throw all the other good stuff out the window it's like that is it yeah and it's
1: prison yeah Yeah, it is it's complete prison
0: it's impossible
2: even when i'm at work you know i'll get man you're a hard ass or you know you're ridiculous and i go thank you and um Come back at me when you learn some good stuff and we'll talk about it. But ultimately, I'm very, very, very kind when I say it. If I'm stern, that's different. Um, I am respectful. Like, even with babes, I was like, there are certain words that will never be in our communication. That is the F off, Mm -hmm. the B word, and, you know,
0: shut the F up. Yeah.
2: Yeah, shut the F up. But that will never come out of my mouth because that is when your emotions have taken over and you're not thinking in your rational brain. I don't care what happens. If we get to an angry space, which we've gotten to, and I'm like, I'm not talking right now, I'll leave. Now, mind you, other people would take that and be like, you left the room, you don't wanna deal with it. I know where my tension is. And instead of me coming out of the mouth and spewing venom, I'm going to take a step back. So the other day we got in a, Little a tiff tiff. And I didn't want to talk anymore and she wanted to talk some more. And so I was like, let's dance. <laughs> let's walk around in circles with it each was other. was
1: the worst experience of my life. That would make me so livid. I can't. <laughs> I, she And she like would not let me not. She was oh like my pushing God. my body. She's like, come on. And I was like, here we go. Because i even the like, I'm an energy guru, Miranda. Like I'm going to mix it, it up. I mean, I had no choice. She joys. had to dance. I had no choice. It wasn't really... No, it wasn't really dancing. It was like pacing in circles around each other. And then it was she like was sparring. like... sparring.
2: Yeah. It yeah, was exactly. It was, it was, it was that's sparring. What it was because in another relationship that doesn't have the respect that I have for her, it would have been verbal totally. abuse sparring. Because that's what I witnessed a lot. And I want to change what I witnessed and change my behaviors for better. And... If I'm going to be in an argument with someone that is that means so much to me, I got to be careful of the words that come out of my mouth because sticks and stones break my bones and words will hurt me deeper. So true. Without a doubt. Yes. Yeah. And I got to be careful, so I'd rather you know push your energy around. Oh my but god! But not say anything out of my mouth.
0: I know you always hear about like in movies you see like that you, the other person comes in and they're like kiss you and you're I'm like if you ever fucking try that shit I will lose my mind like I'm when I'm like in that reptilian brain of like anger I, it's I don't know so that's incredible Same.
1: and good for you Miranda for being a good sport. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it was the only way I could talk. So I had to, I had to do it. It was interesting. Was interesting. I'll try anything. <laughs> yeah. You should try it the next time she says,
0: let's take a quick break and we will be right back. What is the most off-brand thing about each
1: of you?
2: That I present masculine? There you go. <laughs> what would be
1: mine? I don't even know. Off-brand about you? Yeah. That you, um, I think that in terms of being in now more of like a public space right and people commenting on me and whatever I think a lot of people think I'm just like a skinny boring stuck-up white girl Mm. slash Karen Mm. and I'm so far from that so despite growing up in LA and despite having you know privilege and Hancock Park or whatever again something Raven and I share people assume that because Raven is an actor and famous, that, that means she's like bougie and, you know, you know just well, money, have- money, money, money and whatever. And she's has right. other celebrity friends and she's like super down right. to earth. And Raven's like the person who's like, no, we're gonna go to Smart and Final and get it here because it's cheaper here Yeah, I wanna, you know. And I'm like, wait, what? We can't go to Gelson's or <laughs> Bristol Farms? <Air> One <laughs> Yeah, Erewhon. So money I think suck. that, yeah, exactly. I think just like the groundedness maybe
2: or the fact that that yeah. she has pain that grounds her. Yes. A lot of people, mm. especially in today's world, if you're white, if you're skinny and you come for privilege, you don't have the pain that totally. looks the same for other people. And it's not fair because everybody's pain is subjective. Subjective matters subjective yeah. and is theirs to hold right. where however it weighs against anyone else's and that's what we get for comparing ourselves. Right. And I love that about her because yeah, she presents that mm-hmm. way but when you get down and dirty, I'm like, we call her Biggie. Okay, big. Yeah. Thank you, girl. All right. <laughs> that's my nickname. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like yes. she knows what's up. Yes. And I appreciate that about her. And as she, you know, shows herself in the industry more and more and she gets these comments and she comes and claps back like a G, you know, on, I'm girl. like, that's that's the one right yes. there. Girl. That's the one right there. I love because that. You I love that mm-hmm. so much.
0: So what's one way in which you are currently working on yourself? Like, what is that hill that you have to climb right now?
2: Every weekend we go to couples therapy and every other weekend we go to personal therapy. And then we personalize our therapy to each other during the week. And then when we have an issue, we psychoanalyze our childhood against the food Towards It's just girls in a relationship. When we were dating, she wanted to go to couples therapy. Yeah. And it's like, why am I going to couples therapy for this? And then we this for this. I'll tell you exactly why. It's
1: because you were telling me that you wanted to have kids with me then. And I was like, if we're having kids, if this is our relationship, we got to work some stuff <laughs> out because you don't communicate. So we're going to go to therapy. Hey. And, and so, then she sat in every therapy session like this.
2: <laughs> and so she brought it up again. And I was like, are we broken? But That's what you what? think that's what we think. But honestly, I love the fact that we're going to therapy now because we're tackling the smaller issues before they metastasized to something ridiculous that we see in a lot of older couples. We're tackling it now. You know, if we have a challenge, we... Deal with it. We are setting up our toolbox appropriately. And I think it's good. You know, I'm, I'm happy. I have resistance to it sometimes, but that just is because I'm human. But also, it's funny, our therapist, right? She was like, why don't you say this to your wife? I wish you would do this. And I go, hmm. I don't know why that doesn't sit well. Coming to find out, in my culture, it's like, I wish you would do something. I wish you would. Right. It's like a threat.
1: Right. Like, Black people use it as, like, yes. A, yes, yes. you know, like, the kid who's, like, keeps trying to grab candy. I to wish gra- you would get right. candy. <laughs>
2: right. and I was like, I can't say that to her. That uh, doesn't make sense. That's
1: fascinating. I think building the foundation now when things aren't, you know, in a million pieces is fantastic because life is challenging, marriage is challenging, relationships are challenging. So having a com- you know, a collective toolkit and understanding will only make the process of navigating life better and easier. You guys are seriously so incredible like this was Aww. my
0: childhood dream come true and you guys totally are just a dream and I really appreciated this so much Thanks, well Jade. I,
2: I thank you Jade so and I have to say ear. oh I'm sorry babes I was just gonna say I think I out of the park you oh you you really did you
0: really did <laughs> I can't stand her you really did she's, she's such a <laughs> you guys are incredible bee. seriously you guys are amazing. well congratulations on your engagement thank it's you new, right? yes it yes, is congrats. thank you so much amazing. thank you so much what are your wedding
2: colors I know oh we're god. blow better what are your wedding colors. oh my god
0: I, I don't know the colors yet I've, I've been I've literally said I'm not getting married till February 2023 so I'm like, oh, you oh, I'm, you guys I'm like, I am not touching plans until 2022. Good. You know? Good for you. It scares, it scares me. Stay engaged, girl.
2: Stay engaged. Stay
0: engaged. All right. That's it. Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode. I hope you guys liked hanging out with us. And thank you guys just for listening. I love when you guys listen. It means the world to me. And I really love when you DM me and tell me what you're liking about the show or just telling me about your life or commiserating with me about certain things. I am talking to a lot of you and I love it, but there's always room for more. So I'm always on Instagram at Jade So you can talk to me there and see more pictures of taco, which is always a great time. And I think that's all I have for you. Oh, please. Um, if you love the show rate, follow and review, um, it's on the podcast page, just like if you scroll down and have a great day. Thanks so much for listening. Bye.